You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Live from the bubble in Toronto. Just kidding. Uh, this is the Team Stripes Podcast. What's going on, Brandon? How you doing, bud? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Hockey's back. I've been watching it for 12 hours a day now, I think for three days. Uh, lots of action. And, I mean, nothing, nothing wrong with that. How are you? Oh, absolutely fantastic. It's been nonstop hockey. And we're actually both, I think, sitting here watching the uh, end <laughs> of the Edmonton game. Yep, Oilers and Blackhawks. Looks like McDavid's got a hat trick. They're up uh, six to three, going to tie this series up after uh, their game one didn't really go so well. So it's definitely been great watching hockey. And obviously with hockey back, we got some other stuff to talk about. There's been a lot of craziness, a lot of, a lot of high hits, a lot of just shenanigans. I know there have been a few fights. We had a spear at the bench uh, in the um, Vancouver, uh, Minnesota game. A lot to talk about before we uh, get into the interview section of, uh, of the podcast. So where do we start? You want to start with that spear? I was going to say, I think we have to start with the spear. Um, for anybody that did not watch, Fairland, Fairland for Vancouver got tied up somehow by the Minnesota bench. And somebody grabbed onto a stick. I'm not sure who. And in response, absolutely jabbed a guy right in the stomach. And uh, the only things to come out of that was four on four as he was assessed a two-minute minor for slashing. And somebody on the Minnesota Wild bench had to serve the bench penalty for interference. Uh, The NHL... Decided not to suspend him, but find him the $5,000 that's allowed under the CBA. Okay. Thoughts on the spear? Yeah, like, it's just, what a weird thing. Like, I'm sitting here watching the clip on, on a loop, and holy cow. Like, he got him good. I'm not really sure as far as, like, I see the the back referee where his position was and whatever. I mean, it's one of those things, like, you know, we got to have our our radar or our um, antennas up, so to speak, um, when we see a player at the opposite team's bench there. So, I don't know. I wouldn't say – I mean, maybe they missed it. Maybe they didn't. Um, It's just a weird situation, and that's something that, you know – as an official, you definitely got to – at least one guy on the ice has to be watching that bench when you got a player standing there because you never know if something like that could happen or is going to happen. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say uh, in USA Hockey, Hockey Canada, youth hockey, that is a five-game minimum. Uh, no yeah, matter sure. what, uh, you could probably start tickling with a match penalty. But I think for the most part, it would be a five-game in USA – uh, and Hockey Canada. Obviously, the NHL, they do things differently. They're the pros. We're not going to be able to know what he saw, what they didn't see. Yeah, exactly. So we're not going to jump in and criticize her. Obviously. obviously not. It's just one of those situations, like, did that really just happen in an NHL game? Yeah, I, I think that's kind of everybody's reaction off that one. Yeah, it's just that's just one of those things, like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, then – 
I guess we need to roll into uh, this hit on Justin Williams in the um, in oh the in the Rangers game Carolina game. Um, yeah, that sure. game that game started with a bang. That was the first, I guess, real hockey game. Yeah, uh, and I mean that it, was that was a whole parade to the penalty box. These game. guys are are right back in the thick of it. Like it took all of five minutes in each game for everyone to realize, hey, we're here to play for the Stanley Cup. So it's go time. Yeah, I think in the so in the first three minutes of the Carolina Rangers game, we had a goal, two big hits, one for either team, and then a fight all within the first three minutes. And if that doesn't get you back into hockey, welcome back to hockey boys. <laughs> but I mean there was there was two two big hits that I, I know of. Um and the clip that I have was on Justin Williams. Mm-hmm. And uh, for anybody hey, that, that wants to go look at the clip, they all are on Twitter under Go Team Stripes. Um, it's it's a weird hit, in my opinion. I mean, my first look at it, I mean, it's kind of hard not to give a major on that hit. Just because he hit head first? Yeah. Like what what ended up being the call on that play? Um from my recollection there was nothing. We can go back really quick and check. Yeah, I think it went unpenalized. Um obviously we're looking at it in slow motion which makes our lives a thousand times easier. Um Hold on. summary where's my freaking Ah, good old TSN with no penalty summary. Whatever. Okay. Anywho, yeah, it's – I mean, obviously we're getting to see it in slow motion from different angles, and we don't – you know, on the ice we only get to see it once in real time. Um, yeah, so there was, there was nothing like, for the hit. Okay, nothing for the hit. Okay, well, I guess that's a hit like in youth hockey if we're seeing that. Obviously, 100% that's getting called. Yeah, at least um, 210. Yeah. Because he, he got sure. up. Like, he wasn't injured. Definitely a two, at least a 210 for head contact in USA Hockey. I believe Hockey Canada was talking to uh, the guy we're actually going to interview today, and he said they either have a minor, a double minor, or a five in game. Gotcha. So I don't know what you would call in Hockey Canada standards, mm-hmm. um, but definitely down here, I mean, you're looking at easy two ten. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on the, on the safe side of that. Yeah. Again, obviously, pro hockey is a little different. The standard's a little different. So. And it's the playoffs. Uh, yeah. So then we got to talk about this uh, – Kachuk Shifley hit or contra- whatever where uh, Kachuk kind of put him in the boards funny. Yeah, I mean... I thought it was just a funny play. Like, stuff like that happens on the ice. Obviously, there's no call on the play. It just... It looked worse. Than what it was. Or, yeah, like, it just... it Yeah, it looks bad, but it's just a play where they're both going to the sideboards digging for the puck and it just they just go he goes in the boards funny like 
Yeah, I I was watching it live, and I I mean, like when he went into the boards, I thought, you know, when Kachuk went to finish the hit, I thought like he like crumpled his knee or twisted an ankle or something like that, and then yeah, obviously the slow mo replay, you can see Kachuk go to stop his skate jump, and mm. then uh, unfortunately go into the back of Shifley's leg, um, mm. which I mean nobody ever wants to see, but. You had two officials looking straight at it. Neither of them called yeah. a penalty. There was, was no penalty. Yeah, there's there's no penalty there. It's just one of those. It's a it, stuff like that happens in hockey. It's an unfortunate accident. Is really what it boils down to. And uh, we got to see the first uh, major penalty reviewed in the yep. Florida Carolina game, or not Florida, Florida and New York game, the Islanders. Uh, original call on the ice was a major, and they reviewed it. They realized that he did hit him in the chest, and mm-hmm. it was brought down to a minor penalty. I think that was pretty cool. Um, I like yeah, that it's because definitely nice to see them get that right. Yeah, or I mean, have the option to look at it again. Oh, yeah, just got a high stick in the uh, Oilers Chicago game. Ooh, but Sorry. um, no, you're fine. I, I, I think it was it's a good thing that they implemented. Um, we see it in NCAA D1 or any NCAA hockey. I know they can review major penalties. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Uh, the only downside is I feel like it takes forever. Um, but, I mean, well, at least we're getting the call things, right. You know, like if, if we're going to use the tool, we got to get the call right. Exactly. I, I agree 100%. Um, what did you think – this was back in the exhibition – Ryan Reeves elbowed to the head of a Phoenix player. Uh, the NHL came out and said it was unavoidable. Looking at it uh, in live, like, speed of play, I didn't think there was any penalty to be had yeah. until, again, slow-mo replay comes in. That's that's just another weird one. Like, I'm sitting here watching it on loop, and I can see where they said it's unavoidable at full speed. Like – He's coming in to line him up. It looks like he's going to attempt to make a good play. Mm-hmm. And then the Phoenix player just kind of turns into him, and it's just like an oh, shit moment. So, yeah, I got I have no problem with that. I no, mean, no I agree. In slow motion, it looks way worse than what it actually was. So Yeah, I uh, we, we it, tweeted out that clip, and, I mean, it looks a lot worse than what it was. But – I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Um, what do you think of just the overall atmosphere of the games, though, with Great. no fans? You it's, think they're doing honestly, a good job? I think they've done such a great job on the production. Um, the little bit of, like, faux crowd noise that they're pumping in, thank you, EA Sports, <laughs> um, has been great. I've um, – I've definitely enjoyed it. It's been fun to watch. The boys are just like, it's a minor hockey tournament. It really is. That's what it feels like. It's like a minor or, or, you know, a beer league tournament that's going on that just happens to be playing for the most important trophy in all of, in all of hockey. Yeah. So I I think they've done a great job. I think the, the NHL hats like just, Round of applause, standing ovation, you know, whatever other 
cliche you want to say. I think they've just they've nailed it. They've done such a great job. The arenas look great. Uh, the presentation looks great with uh, the the home team audio and the like. Today, the Lightning played uh, the Capitals, so they had their anthem singer singing mm-hmm. the anthem and the whole bit. So, well done, NHL. Uh, kudos. It's uh, it's definitely been great to watch. And honestly, I really want to see what the ratings what ratings are doing. But same, anyway. I, I think we have to give a major hats off though to the ice crew for these guys because apparently they're changing the advertisements on the boards in between games for the home team. Uh, oh, really? I, I haven't yeah. even realized that. So like today Calgary was home against Winnipeg. And so on the dashers that you can see from the broadcast angle, apparently uh-huh. they're changing the ads every game. So it, it would advertisements that you would see at a Calgary game in Calgary are on the boards. Oh wow! So they're not I, only they're not only maintaining that's ice. excessive. They're now they're now you know changing boards and it's it's something like that that I mean nobody's gonna notice unless yeah. you're, unless you're intently watching. But I I saw some reporter came out with that tweet and I was like that is that is insane. That's in my opinion that's excessive. But I mean I love it, but that's insane. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, sure. I think they're doing a great job with production. I think the exhibition games, I felt were a little. I, I think the production well, side of it was, was, was getting a, it out. Yeah. But I mean, like, I think the only thing they're missing is, uh, especially in Dallas, whenever Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan are rushing down the ice, everybody starts screaming for no reason. It could be a five-on-one, and everybody will start screaming, and then they'll miss the net. You mean a one-on-five. Oh, yeah. And they'll miss the <laughs> net by, by, you know, 10, 15 feet, and everybody's and oohing and on. They're, they're not going to get it 100% right. But, you know, it's, it's, still been, it's still been a pleasure to watch. It's been a blast. It's, it's nice. So. It's, it's 100 degrees outside, and we're watching hockey. I mean, what's better than that? Uh... Being in the stands, wow. paying for a $14 beer. <laughs> oh, man. Let's... But uh, I think with that, I think it's time to go to our interview. Yes. Otherwise, we could sit here and talk the rest of the night and not get the interview in this episode. Exactly. Which would not be good. Um, and so our interview is one of my friends. His name's uh, Jacob Headley. He lives up in the Washington area. Um, he's actually the president of his organization. And so without further ado, we'll send it over to him. On today's episode of the podcast, we have a, one of my best friends lives up in Spokane, Washington. He is the president of the Inland Empire Hockey Association. He worked anything from the BCHL and he works everything in between for youth hockey. Welcome to the show, uh, uh, Headley. Thank you for having me, guys. Welcome on. Headley, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, you're a younger guy, and you're already a president of a hockey association. How? Uh, <laughs> not by my choice. So I, uh, I want to say like when I was 16 or 17, I was on the board and then held a couple other positions, uh, vice president and something else, I'm sure. Uh, but two years ago, I was voted president. Uh, we didn't have anyone else. 
that wanted to do it. So I was like, well, someone's got to do it. And here we are. It'd be re-election season, but this whole COVID thing has kind of put a kink in that. So I don't know. We'll figure something out. As president, what all do you do for or within the organization? Uh, it kind of started as a whole lot of nothing. Uh, we had just kind of smooth sailing, not much going on. Uh, but this last season, you know, we implemented some new things. Uh, I started making sure we had uh, some good mentors coming in for the new kids and making sure they actually started to do things, which kind of got pushed under the rug for a couple of years. Uh, and then we started doing some uh, monthly training sessions that myself and the head of our mentorship program put on each month to kind of help guys do something besides just skate all season and kind of use it as a learning opportunity and just kind of build some camaraderie within the association. Uh, but it's a lot of working with the hockey associations that we ref for and uh, making sure all the kids coming up are knowing what to do and making sure they're getting some games supervised and evaluated and hopefully teaching them something. So then with this mentor program, like what do you do? Cause I know a lot of, a lot of us now are facing an issue of how do we keep young officials? How do we train them to be better? And, you know, how, how are you training the next group of officials? Yeah, so for our association, and this was this started way back before I ever started, um, but uh, if it's your first year, whether you're 12 or 60, you can sign up to be a part of the mentor program. And what it does is it just pairs you up with an older, more experienced official who's going to be by your side from that first seminar on, whether that's helping you with your open book test, now modules, making sure you get everything pushed through to get registered, get some equipment on so you can skate and then they'll be out there and they'll shadow you for your first game or two or three, depending on how confident they are in your abilities after that first game. And then they're going to be right by your side, more or less your entire first season, uh, whether it's supervising you at your games or being on nice working with you for those games. And then some of them turn into your best friends and you still work with them eight years later. But that's kind of our whole goal is build relationships and make sure the young guys at least have fun with it and do their best. And we want to put them in the best situations to where they can succeed. So that's pretty awesome that you guys do that. Um, we're in the process of trying to get that going down here in Tampa uh, with our younger officials. What, um, what kind of help are you guys getting from like your senior guys? Are there a lot of guys on board has there been some pushback from some other guys? Like what's the feedback been from like the senior guys helping out with the younger guys? It's been, I've never had any problems with it. Um, like I said, it was kind of put into place well before I ever started refing. So oh, okay. Gotcha. It's been one of those things that that's just what you do. So with, well then with all the steps that you guys take, has it, has it helped your, um, ability to keep and re retain officials like Absolutely. do you think yeah so you think you're definitely holding on to more guys than you think, would if it was here's your rule book here's your crest go have fun absolutely and i think it really shows there was a good i mean just a couple of years after i started to probably two or three years ago that there was a span where it kind of went downhill and the mentorship program wasn't nearly as strong as what it had been 
And I think you definitely see that now in a gap of kids from their early 20s down to their 16-year-olds. There's not too many of those aged kids in our association, and I think it directly relates to that. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. I mean, obviously, uh, across the board, whether it's hockey or any other sport, we're having a hard time, you know, keeping referees, uh, especially with, you know, the world we live in with how people are and yelling at the referees and with the parents and the coaches and whatnot. Um, I know you mentioned the shadow program and like having like supervisions and stuff. Does that maybe help mitigate a little bit of that, uh, that yelling and screaming and then like, cause you got that senior guy there helping them out. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that is a huge part of it. And then uh, I try and always make sure that if we have two got two young guys uh, working together, that there's someone senior in the building watching, supervising, or just hanging back in case something were to happen to, you know, be a voice there to tell them, Hey, uh, yeah, let's not do that's, that. Uh, that's definitely a good way to go about it. Um, I, I remember like when I started, it was kind of hit and miss here. Here's your rule book. Here's your crest. Go, go figure it out. I mean, I definitely, you know, we all, we've all had our mentors and our help along the way, but it's definitely something now that we really need to focus on um, just because of the retention issue that, that we do have. And I will say we've been pretty lucky. Uh, one of our, former officials, a guy that worked the Western Hockey League for ages and has done some of everything. Uh, he's now the disciplinary director for okay. the Spokane Amateur Youth Hockey Association. So him and I have worked very side by side on making sure we find a way to keep these instances from happening. And when they do happen, find a way to educate the parents. And it helps that uh, Denny LaRue is the president of the youth of uh, the youth hockey association here in Spokane. So he's okay. side as well. Yeah. We've been for really sure in terms of having their support for a lot of instances, but at the same time, it's kind of nice because it holds us very accountable for a lot of things. Yeah. We're, we're definitely lucky here as well. Um, the guy that runs statewide, uh, uh, say Hoff or whatever here in Florida, he uh, he's a former referee and he doesn't have a kid in it. Like he just, he's there, he's doing the job because he enjoys it. And having worn that referee hat for as long as he did, it has certainly helped with, um, you know, dealing with those issues as they arise. Cause you know, it happens and it's, there's nothing worse than, um, you know, a young referee getting, getting yelled at and then not wanting to do it anymore. Uh, so with the mentor program, where, I mean, you obviously went to Western Futures. That's where we met. Is that something that you're trying to like push kids kind of towards to and get them ready for? Yeah. Um, so kind of my whole view on it, on coming in to the presidency and refing for a couple of years before that um, is my whole thing is I want to make sure that anyone young or old, they get to the level they want to. That could be a 50-year-old guy saying, hey, you know, I just want to work one college game. Figuring out a way to get him to that level to be able to go on the lines for a college game, if that's what his goal is. Or whether it's the 14-year-old kid that's all about it, can't ref enough, let's send you somewhere. 
let's send you to state beat. Let's see how you do. Let's throw you in some tournaments. Let's see how you do. Because they're not going to be able to move up anywhere or figure out if they really like it until they're thrown into those situations. So we had a couple kids that have definitely prospective prospects for uh, futures camps or camps like that. We had a couple kids get invited to a WHL camp that they put on the top U.S. prospects or something. It was over in Seattle in March, uh, but they unfortunately couldn't make those because they were already committed to the state tournament. So, hate to see it, but. So, uh, with Western Futures or just the Futures camps, like how do, for somebody that doesn't know that somebody wants to go, like how would you describe it? What goes on? Well, like, like, I had no idea about it when I went. I got an email from our referee in chief. He was like, hey, you should go to this. And I was like, what, I, what is it? What? Yeah. And he's like, well, it's, it's just this camp. And I was like, what do you mean it's just this camp? Like, I'm gone for a week in Colorado Springs. But I'll just apply to it, and I think you'll get in, and you'll enjoy it. And I was like, okay. And then I get there, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, this is not quite just a camp, but uh, I think we had quite a time there. <laughs> but so to bring that experience back, I can now tell these kids coming up, hey, you know, this is something you could work for and look towards. And it's something that's going to help you gain a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge that elsewhere you just probably wouldn't ever find. What was your favorite part about that camp? Because uh, <laughs> there was a lot of good times. <laughs> I mean, for the sake of refing, just probably uh, watching the instructors fight on a daily basis, oh, especially when it came to who was going to coach power skating. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's always funny. I'm just glad you didn't uh, say when, when I rolled my ankle running. Uh, I mean, that was up there. there uh, I mean, Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of characters. So uh, living in the U.S. and working in Canada in the BCHL and Junior B, how does that work with rule books? Do you uh, just know all of them? or? Yeah, so – in Spokane, the Youth Hockey Association here, all their rep teams, for the most part, play in the West Kootenai League. So they play the majority of the Canadian teams in our area, I guess, uh, that are close to us north of the border. So we know the BC rulebook, or at least we're supposed to, I would say most guys do, in and out, uh, just for youth itself, because that's probably 33% of the games we work. Um, and now even the house teams are starting to play in that. So it's all over the place. But then for junior B, obviously it's the same rule book, but with the junior B supplement to it. And then the BCHL had its own junior A rule book. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a weird spot to be in geographically. Uh, but yeah, you make do. So do you ever cross the border and go work games up in Canada? Uh, the year I worked in the BCHL, they wanted me to the next season but I started off with an injury that season and then just never got put on the schedule so, oh, okay gotcha but they do they want do any of your guys that do like maybe some of the youth hockey or whatever go up there and like kind of do both or is it just uh, no? they just, okay they, they, I wasn't sure how that would work out no it's some sort of insurance thing I think for us to work games up there we have to go to a clinic up there Oh, okay. So you'd have to get your Hockey Canada deal. Okay. Yeah. So you'd have to 
kind of like they would have to come here and get USA Hockey certified. Okay, makes sense. I, I was never quite sure how that actually worked. At least that's what I've been told. I don't know. That could be a complete lie, but yeah, <laughs> fair enough, right? Cool. Um, let's see. I'm curious what work in the BC was like. Oh, dude, it was a blast. It, it's so much easier to work those levels of hockey because they're good players and they know what they're doing and you can anticipate what's going to happen and you're not getting pucks shot at you constantly. Oh, yep. And there's actually fighting sometimes. Weird thing. So as a linesman, that's great. Love it. Oh, yeah. That's the best part about being a linesman, front row to fights. And it's big barns. Okay. Yep. And the best locker room. Best locker room I've ever had. Wenatchee, Washington. Play what They got two sofas and a TV in there. It is fantastic. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, we had a sofa in Columbus, Georgia uh, when I was working the SP. It was fantastic. Come in in between periods, just lay down on the sofa. Yep. <laughs> that's good times. So besides, uh, I mean, just youth and beer hockey, what is there in Seattle to work? Is there college, NCAA, uh, CHA? everything, but Seattle likes their own people for the most part. But they have western states over there. But east side of the state, we have uh, Wenatchee for the BCHL, and then we have uh, Spokane and Tri-Cities both have WHL teams. Uh, so we have uh, – Three guys in our association that work that, a couple guys in Tri-Cities that work that, um, and they kind of go back and forth between Spokane and Tri-Cities, depending on where they put them as their home base, based on numbers. Um, but then we have, you know, obviously everything, mites to midgets to beer league, um, and then we have uh, Inchini, where I actually live right now until August. Uh, Eastern Washington University has a Division two ACHA team uh, that they've really built that program to something. Those games are always fun. Um, they were actually the second highest attended sport on campus last year, only behind football. Uh, that's, imp- that's pretty impressive for a club hockey team. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's been fun. Uh, they used to have a team. They used to have two teams that their ACHA team and then a BCIHL team, the, British Columbia Intercollegiate Hockey League or something. So they played a bunch of guys that played in the WHL and were using their scholarships up north. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they can can play in college. Yep. Yep. In Canadian college. Or CIS, I think is what it's called. Or U-Sports or whatever. Yeah, it was great to see some of those guys come and play down. Eastern never had much of a chance. Oh, I'm sure. But (laughs) – just to see the skill from the other teams. It was awesome. And it was, it was a decent level of hockey. Um, so then we have a junior B team here in Spokane, uh, the Braves entering their 50th season uh, that play in the Kootenai International Junior Hockey League. Uh, the Braves are the only U.S. team. Then they play everywhere in B.C. Okay, so it's another one of the Canadian leagues. Though. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, yep, the Braves make it the international Oh, <laughs> they're, so they're the I in the hockey league. Exactly. They that's, are a part of the league. Um, that's funny. Then, uh, we used to have a uh, – it was NORPAC, and then it went to the uh, Northern Pacific Hockey League, 
and then they were a part of the UP3 for a season or two. Uh, mm-hmm. But we used to have another junior B or junior A tier three, if you want to call yourself a yeah. player in that league. Uh, we used to have a team in uh, Cheney, Spokane, but they actually played in Post Falls, Bazaar. Uh, they were there for one season. Uh, Tri-Cities, Wenatchee, Bellingham, uh, Seattle, Bremerton. So they were a decent number in the state. So it's crazy, like, you guys are in a state without an NHL team yet. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, coming soon. And it sounds like the game there is just crazy. Like, yeah. lots of lots of hockey up there. It's a lot bigger than most people think. But, I mean, it's still – Because compared- when I think of – when I think of the Pacific Northwest for hockey, at least in the U.S. side, I just think it's the Western Hockey League team in Spokane. Like, that's it. Like, that's that's all I have in my heads. But obviously, you know, you guys have a lot going on up there. Um, so, like, your association, you said, like, Seattle does their own thing and then the rest of the state is what you guys are? Or, like, so, how is that so? Um, our association, we cover four rinks. Um, okay. One out at Eastern. We have two sheets in Spokane, and then we cover Post Falls, Coeur d'Alene area in Idaho. They have okay. a rink out there. Um, and then Wenatchee and Tri-Cities each have their own officials association. Okay. But gotcha. there's a lot of crossover if they need guys. Yeah, that part, makes sense. We're always good, but here and there they'll ask for some guys to come down. And how many officials do you guys have? I think we're right around 75-ish. Okay. That's, pretty, that's a pretty good number. Yeah, it's for, it works. Yeah, because um, like in our area, we have we have about a hundred, hundred and twenty um, down here. We got just enough to to work all to cover all the men's league games. Yep. Like uh, I schedule that for us in Spokane, and then we have a different guy that schedules for Post Falls. And this year was the first year that I was felt very confident all season and only had. How, a uh, how do you enjoy wearing that scheduler hat? I know you know, that can get a little uh, can get a little hairy sometimes. The guys that I had this season were really good for me, and they okay. they appreciated me, which was really weird. And then what what to piggyback? Like, what do you guys use for scheduling? Uh, we use RefTown, a okay. guy out of uh, Portland, Oregon. I think created it. Okay, so it's kind of something that really there's only a couple associations I think that use it. But okay, yeah, I was gonna say I was like, ah, I've never heard of that one. I love it. It's real easy for me to schedule out of. Uh, nice. Import schedules and pay through it, 1099s through it. It's great. Oh, perfect. Um, what, um, so like for you, what are some good like highlights for what you've gotten to do as an official? Yeah, so I started working juniors when I was 16, just this chubby little 16 year old out there that's that's pretty awesome so i didn't didn't know what junior hockey was i didn't know what junior hockey was until i was like 18 or 19 years old i'd never even heard of it like but that's and that's living down in florida though so i was like i don't know why i worked it when i was 16 but they gave me the shot and i didn't miss a season since then so yeah I used to have slick back hair. The players loved it. It was almost to my shoulders. Oh, man, that's awesome. Right. He, he showed us a picture of Western <laughs> Futures Camp. 
and it was, you know, during the anthem, and he's got his hair, like, shoulder-length, slicked back, beautiful mullet, and just, like, so standing some, there. Some epic flow, then. He looked it like was, he should have been playing. So I was, that was the last game of the uh, Spokane Chiefs training camp for that picture. Okay. That, and it was, at, it was after that game that uh, guy that supervises for him and then did some stuff for the junior B team or the league here and works with the association a bit. His son uh, has made it through the program and is working the AHL and some NCAA stuff. Uh, but he pulled me aside after the game. He was like, hey, great job, whatever. Work on these things. And he's like, hey, okay, if you want to do something with this, you need to cut the hair. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the general manager asked me if I had a girl out there ref in this game. Oh and I had to tell him that, no, that's just a 17-year-old guy that doesn't want to cut his hair. That's absolutely hilarious. You looked good, though, Hudley. It's funny, though, like, something like that, just, like, cutting your hair, like, the whole appearance thing. Gotta have the look. Like, yeah, exactly. You gotta look the part. Like, I tried telling our young officials that, like, when they first get started, and even some of our guys around here, it's like, man, when you get out there, you need to present yourself a little better. Like, it's perception is everything. Like, if you look like a clown doesn't matter how good of a referee you are but if you look put together doesn't matter how bad you are you at least look good doing it yep always gotta look good for the camera ain't that the truth especially now that everyone's got a camera oh. in their pocket any uh anything stick out from like whether it be doing youth hockey or junior or just any like crazy moments like on the ice like experiences like funny stories that first year that I worked juniors I had a line brawl and it was a (laughs) so this team the Cheney Ice Hawks they played out of post falls because they couldn't get ice time at the Eastern Washington University rink that they wanted and so they had three home games this weekend. So they played at three different rinks. So they played Friday afternoon at like 2.30 in Cheney. Line that game. Cakewalk, nothing happened. Okay. A different team came into town Saturday. It was Valentine's Day. And they had anticipated this game to not go great. I think the last time they had played each other, there was a kid that ran a goalie and then a different kid that headbutted a kid later in the game. So that's a great way to start. <laughs> We're going to four man this game. So I'm going sweet. My first four man game, I'm lining it. Doesn't matter to me. This is awesome. Four man in a game. Cause we didn't four man anything then. And so, you know, every whistle, there's something going on. I'm like, oh, well, this is awesome. Okay. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like second period towards the end of the period there's a weak hit behind the net. I mean, it wasn't even much of a hit and all hell breaks loose. And all of a sudden there's two guys going, I'm like, all right, we're good. We got to fight. And then all of a sudden, Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Here they come. (laughs) Here they come. And sure enough, in the way this rink is set up, there's a gate on the corner that goes to the locker rooms. So you know, we kind of get a couple separated, and then there's just, like, this pile of five kids just laying on each other, standing up, standing over them, beating the crap out of each other. And my partner's, like, laying down on the bottom of it, and I'm going, 
this isn't how this is supposed to work. <laughs> what is going on? So I just grabbed two kids and like looked around and I'm like, well, I don't know what else to do. So I just opened the gate and threw them out the gate. <laughs> threw them off the ring. And shut the gate. They just kind of stood there going like, wait, what? <laughs> I turn around and everyone else is done. And I'm like, all right, sweet. So nice. then I go skate over to the referees and they're like, hey, what were the numbers of those guys? And I was like, what? I don't know. We got two reps out here. You That's your like, job. That is your one job here. Uh, we didn't get them. We didn't get their numbers. I was like, I don't know. Go ask. I'm not asking. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's funny, like, being a linesman, it's, you know, stuff like that. You're like, well, what numbers were they? Like, I'm breaking up the fight. I'm more concerned with that. Figure out you can get the numbers. I was breaking out with them. I can't see their numbers. Jeez. <laughs> So then last season, uh, two seasons ago now, I guess, uh, we had a kid come in who's now working the Western League as a linesman, uh, worked the BCHL, great kid, might make it somewhere, uh, Mr. Kazari, uh, his dad is the Kazari. Okay. This, he comes in, junior B game, and my linesman and I worked it forever, and it's Spokane-Nelson, it's a rivalry game. And we come in knowing this is has great potential for a shit show. So I, you know, did my pregame stuff, went through the research, pulled up the website, knew who to look for because we don't get media packets in this. We don't get towels. We get a banana and a Gatorade. <laughs> and we have to start nets almost every period. It's great. And so he comes in running a little late. It's his first time three-manning a game with the stripes and we're like what it's like i just format everything oh you're in for a treat then oh god so (laughs) he just wasn't what he was expecting to come into and then all hell breaks loose we had a goalie get booted for a fight fought a player uh we had another goalie get tossed for something weird a spear or something maybe like 174, 182 penalty minutes in the first junior B game that he ever refed. And he, at that point, was like, oh, nope, not coming back. Don't ever <laughs> want to do that again. And we're like, yeah. dude, it's the first time that's happened in years. And then he got his pretty M check, and he's like, oh, no, I'll, I'll come back. That was decent. That's – oh, my God, that's unreal. <laughs> there's, a, there's a good picture of me with my shirt up over my head in that one trying to break up the goalie beating the crap out of a kid you know them freaking goalies man you can never trust them i got aired out on canadian radio after that oh did you that's the nelson coaches were not a fan of me but whatever after the game they shook my hand and they're like hey man you really looked like you knew what you were doing out there and we really appreciated your communication and everything like you know, this game could have been a lot worse without you out there. I was like, hey, yeah, thanks, you know? That's yeah, nice. and then the next day there. And then I get some sound clips sent to me. I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> that's not what they said. No. <laughs> yeah, so. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty amazing there. Working with, uh, working with guys, you know, like, I, uh, I, I did a few games this year where guys were like, oh, man, I haven't been um, – I haven't, I haven't three-manned a game in, in a month. I've been, you know, doing the American League, and, and here I am in this East, you know, doing an ECHL game. Like, I, I got to remember how to three-man. 
So, like, one guy uh, last year or this past season, a couple of times, like, dude, it's three-man. Like, I had to remind him. It was – but it was uh, it was cool. It's uh, it's always fun working with those guys when, when they're like, oh, I'm out here by myself. I, I you know, because, you know, a lot of what you see sometimes in four-man is guys will sometimes turn into passengers. So, going back to being a three – and working in three-man – like, oh, crap, I got to drive the car here. So, I, you know, got to ski hard and all that. We have two guys in Spokane that were the AHL. One is a okay. is a ref, uh, Riley Poles and Sean McFarland. Yep, Great. I know both of them. Yep. So, uh, was it last season or the season before, McFly was back and he was uh, working some of the Braves games before he left. So, he worked for September. Uh, okay. And – and so I made sure I got on the schedule to line with him for a couple just because I never get to work with him. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, this, so the way the rink is set up, there's benches on both sides and the penalty boxes are next to the benches. The home side has the scorekeeper in between it. Bizarre. No other rink I've ever seen like it. Wait, so, so is the visiting team on the opposite side of the rink? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I've worked. There's – um. There, I've worked in a couple of rinks that are like that. So good luck ever trying to figure out what you're going to do for a line change procedure. Oh, you turn <laughs> one way, you turn one and way then you turn the around way. and face the other way. <laughs> so all of a sudden, he just comes flying down the middle of the ice. Like, he's skating over center ice. I'm going, what, what are you doing? Where are you going? So, so we go in at the end of the period. I'm like, dude, why? Why? Just why? He's like, I ain't going by those benches. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, like, it, it works. Back this way to the puck. I was like, okay. yeah, it's it's definitely interesting um, working a, a sheet ice that's like that. Um, when I was living in Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss would play. Well, Mississippi State specifically would play games in Tupelo, and they used to have a pro team there. In, in the 90s, the Tupelo T-Rex, and their rink was one of those split bench rinks. And my first game doing it, I was like, how does this work? <laughs> and then you figure it out. But it's it's definitely like, you can't get away from either bench. You can't, oh, I'm just going to skate on the opposite side. Like, especially, and when you're three-manning, if both teams change, yep. it's there's nowhere to go. Park yourself just inside the blue line and hope for the best. Yep, exactly. Oh, man. Um, with uh, the changes that USA Hockey made for this year, so like the online seminars and, and all that, what it, how, how do you feel about it and what do you think uh, – do you see any challenges I for you guys as an be... association? Uh, no, I think our association will be fine. If anything, it might help numbers. Yeah, not having the, gonna help your level four numbers. Not having the skating well, test. Yeah, RACs are gonna have a great time this year trying to figure out who they're taking to districts and nationals because there's yep. gonna be a lot of level fours. Yeah, I uh, I'm actually excited to see how many guys this year go for it, just because there isn't a skating test. Like, because you know, how usually it's you know, your ten your level threes have been level threes forever. Yep. They're just like, oh, I'm just gonna stay level three. 
but we have we have a few guys here that go to level four every year even though they know they're probably not going to pass the skating test but they want to go and get that better seminar so that's why they come to the level four and hopefully out of what comes out of this moving forward we'll get more of those guys that want to come to the level four seminar even though they don't necessarily they might not necessarily pass the skating test but they'll realize that you know it is a better no i mean it's not any better but i, I feel like the information shared and all of that like information yeah the 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 level of thought that goes on in a level four seminar is a little different than you know like a level two or a level three yeah i this would have been the first year i could actually skate for the level four test the last oh yeah out injured it's been period well stop getting injured well you're telling me (laughs) one summer i had a hole in my toe and the other oh my goodness i couldn't tie my skates because my ring finger had 13 stitches in it or something like oh wow okay so they're not like hockey related injuries or anything like that (sighs) no no, so no summer it's not like you said, oh, I took a puck to the face or to the leg or I got skated over. No, okay. But fair enough. Yeah. Hey, what, um, we're all going to pass the closed book this year, right? I hope so. Because I failed it by one three I'll years probably in a row. By one question still. Oh. Well, I always have a problem with the open book test. Like, I always fail it the first time. Like, it never – I never – pass it the first time i take it it's Have kind you tried of embarrassing rule book or no i actually i do i do like taking it without the rule book the first time just to see like i was i share yeah to see what i don't know um but like i i we talked to a guy uh our, our interview yesterday i was staying with him like there was a question last year on the on the open book test it was defending team shoots the puck down the ice from their side of the red line and it crosses the goal line. Where's the face off? And I was like, that's icing. It's an end zone face off. I got it wrong. It was for center ice because it was the goal. <laughs> it was such a vague, like it was a vague description of where it crossed the goal. line. I didn't say where it crossed the goal line. It just said it crossed the goal line. So that, that's one of those things like, what? But you know, gotta gotta love our tests. The best. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, what else like for you moving forward? Like as I guess you're obviously in charge of your association. Like, what are your goals there? Grow numbers. Yeah. Obviously, grow numbers. I think that would be anyone's uh, great great answer there, Headley. Uh, but. Also, I just, I, we have some young kids that I see a lot of potential in that I want to push up. And then okay. I also kind of want to redo the way that we look at scheduling and who we schedule and when we schedule them and why we schedule them. I think there's, uh, I worked 80% of the college games we had last year. Oh. And there's, there's no reason for me to work that many. No. I mean, do I love it and the paycheck with it in that level? Absolutely. But there's other guys that should also be getting a split yeah. yeah it definitely gets to the point where you feel like it's like man i love doing all these games but i can't do this forever yep. so we gotta get new blood out here and it'll be interesting i'm done with college now so we'll see how much time i want to give to it Fair maybe enough. i'll find a real job and this won't be my main source of income during the yeah 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm currently living living that life right now. I'm uh, in school for cybersecurity at uh, University of Tampa and refing. That's it. <laughs> it was well. Typically, it was great. The summers, I'd work at the ballpark on the grounds crew, and then there you go. I'd transition to the other side of the parking lot, and I'd work at the county fair for the 14 or 10 days of that, and do some stuff out of their office. And so, do you um, do you uh, officiate any other sports? That you just mentioned baseball. Uh, I did. Uh, <laughs> I umpired a fantasy game with all of our sponsors last season. Okay. Like, no. It was so great. That's, my that's the extent of your uh, baseball officiating <laughs> experience. Okay. That was great. It was my brother and I, two-man crew on it. He was doing cartwheels in the field to call that <laughs> out. It was great. So did you guys – were you calling balls and strikes, oh, or yeah. was that the machine Absolutely. calling it? I only got to ring, like, two people up, though, because it was pretty much lob it in so they could hit it, but – those oh, two man. people, they felt bad about themselves. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man, that's great. That's great. All right, well, I think that uh, wraps up everything we wanted to talk about. Hadley, if you have anything else you would like to add, any last stories? I don't know. What do you want? What What else? What do you have from Futures Camp? You give us one. From Futures Camp? Man, I mean, I just remember rolling my ankle. Okay, so running, yeah, running us, okay hold thing. on here. Walk I was running downstairs, day. first off. Okay, what, <laughs> give us – start with sure. wake up. What, what was our, this whole day? Our beautiful, what, 6 a.m. wake up? It was not fun. And then you had your PT, so we had a Chris Allman run. So we have Wait, a, Chris Allman made you run? Yes. So Allman's there, and he's like, hey, we're going to have, like, a – it might have been a mile and a half, two-mile run. And I'm okay. like, yo, like, this That's is not how I want to wake up every morning, first off. Second off, we're at high altitude, which I don't want to run in high altitude, so we're running. He makes us run down these stairs to go into the stadium, and at the bottom, there, it's like an uneven surface. So me just running along – twist my ankle and like I get up and like it's one of those things where it's like okay it's it's twist ankle you're fine and you know everybody's laughing at me but it's it's a good time so we go we go to breakfast and I remember I couldn't walk on it but I was like we're fine like whatever we go to class and my ankle just balloons up and so I, I take it to our camp director who was uh what was it Ken Hadley Yep. Yeah, so Ken, I go over to Ken, I'm like, hey, Ken, like, uh, th this isn't right. And he's like, okay, so we go see the trainer, she wraps me, and I'm like, you know, like, they tell me I don't have to do power skating. I was like, sweet, because power skating was not power skating, it was a bag skate for an hour and a half. That's a whole nother story, we're not going to talk about that. So, day goes on, and like, my, my foot's not getting any better, skate doesn't fit, so I'm like, okay, I can't skate tonight go to the doctor just to make sure nothing's broken. So I'm sitting in the doctor, like we do x-rays and I'm sitting in the doctor's office, like in the, in the hospital and doctor walks in and he's like, Oh, so how'd you do it? And I was like, well, you know, I was running and I, 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 there was some uneven surface and I fell and dude looks me square in the eyes and he's like, yeah, you don't look like a runner. And I was just like, I was like, gee, like, thanks for that. Really needed that right now. And so the unfortunate part is, I mean, it was 
it was like a high, high ankle sprain or something. So it wasn't broken, but it was close. And so I had to miss the rest of camp. Well, I mean, I still, I still sat there and made sure every boy, uh, boy heard me, but, uh, I mean, I, I only got you guys in trouble, I think, once, right, Hadley? I think so. <laughs> With our silent lunch. Oh, God. Yeah, so uh, another good story from that camp is, is we, uh, we told the camp instructors, like the three other instructors, to come sit with us at lunch. And so we're sitting there, and, and there's, I think, what, 12 of us at this camp? Participants? 16? Something like that. Yeah, so so there's there's a good number of us, and we're just all, you know, we're at lunch having having a break and uh, shooting the shit, and the camp director's like, we're we're kind of chirping them just a little bit, and me being me, I was chirping them the most because like they can't punish me, like I'm on crutches over here, and so uh, they they look at us and they're like, you know what, silent lunch, <laughs> and so we're all like, okay, you know, being like fifth fifth graders and we're kind of giggling we're giggling and there's a kid who uh he hadn't said much all of camp and this is what day three or four yeah and 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 he he hasn't said a whole lot all camp and he just looks up and he's like so how about this chicken guys the whole table just dies laughing one of the instructors starts choking on his food because he's trying not to laugh and the, the other instructor, he's like, you know what? You guys are getting bagged. And I start laughing even harder now because I'm not getting bagged. It's everybody else. And I'm the root of this problem. And so as they're getting bag skated, I'm sitting on the bench and they're just getting bagged and bagged and bagged. The instructor comes over to me. He's like, so, you know, you, you know, you caused this, right? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm fully aware. And he's like, you don't care? And I was like, no, it's absolutely hilarious. And he's like, you're an asshole. And then just skates away. And these guys are just like, I hate you, asked. I hate you, asked. I hate you. And I'm like, sorry, boys. Oh, my God. That camp was way too much fun. On that note. <laughs> On that note, though, yeah. All a good combination. That was, that was a great camp, though. I mean, like, I, I, I would strongly recommend – if you want to go to a futures camp, go. I mean, I met Headley there. I would have never met say, him yeah, the, the anywhere else. Yeah. And I mean, like, we still, what, that was three years ago? Two or three? Three. Three years ago now. And, and we all still talk constantly. I mean, we all have a group chat. We still talk. We still make jokes. I mean, like, it, it is honestly, it's a week of, of torture skating wise and hockey wise and and, and it's, it's a lot of work i mean there's classroom that goes involved it's a ton of work but the you friendships you get out of it are exponential there's no air conditioning oh that was <laughs> the worst yeah cause thankfully we're in colorado i mean it could have been we could have been down here but thank yeah they put us in a colorado like right on their colorado springs campus so i think it was what colorado state maybe and they didn't have the AC on because it's middle of summer. And so, I mean, everybody was dying except for the me and me and one other guy were from Texas. And we were like, oh, this, this isn't that bad. It's only 80 degrees outside, guys. Like, we're fine. But that was, that was a great camp. I mean, I would, I would recommend it to anybody. But uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap this up. Hadley, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, have a good season. Hey, same to you guys. Hopefully we start back up here soon, but we'll see.
Hopefully. Let's hope. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Headley. Uh, I had a great time speaking with him. He's always a fun guy to be around. Ross, I think you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it was nice to uh, get to talk to him, ask him a few questions about what's going on up in the Pacific Northwest, somewhere that I've always wanted to visit on a personal side. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool seeing, you know, how or finding out and asking how um, different organizations run their, run their shop. Yeah, I, th- I think everybody's, you know, everybody can learn from, uh, you know, something somebody else is doing. But I think with that, it wraps up today's episode. Uh, Ross, unless you have anything else to say. Um, let's see. Everybody, keep watching hockey. Please. Uh, keep enjoying it. Um, if anyone wants to talk about any clips – or anything that's been going on in the games, uh, please feel free to hit us up on our uh, Facebook uh, page, the Ice Hockey Referee uh, Facebook page that Team Stripes runs, or us on Twitter at Go Team Stripes. And then one more thing that we need to plug that I keep forgetting that we have to plug is check out the Team Stripes Academy. 100%. Like, I keep forgetting something we have to do. But, yes, check out the Team Stripes Academy. It is the master class put on by the legendary Don Koharski. So, please check that out. And uh, one more time, you can find us literally on all social media platforms. We have a Discord page. I don't know how to find that one. I think you just type in Go Team Stripes. Yep, the uh, Discord is pinned to the Ice Hockey Referee Facebook group. It's Um, pinned at the top. Perfect. And then we have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of them go Team Stripes. And we Um, have Twitch as well. Yes, we do. Which we will be planning another live Twitch stream here shortly. Very shortly. So tune in uh, every Tuesday. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. And in between then, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out on any social media. We are always glad to talk. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 